made us to be kings and priests. We are a royal priesthood. You and I have the ability to go directly to God, to serve Him, to minister, to use His Word. The Old Testament priests were set aside for that purpose until Christ came. Once Christ came and opened that door and redeemed us back, and we, for, for the first time ever, according to John chapter 1, verse 12, are now sons of God again. Okay? That was broken through the Old Testament. There was no one who was considered a son of God other than angels were called that. But once you and I have reached our faith in Jesus Christ, in the New Testament, we are sons of God. We have that restoration that has taken place. We are redeemed back to him. And we are now priests. Okay, um, So God, in his work, what we had just sung in that song, is God has sanctified you and I. And we've talked about that. He has set us apart. Be ye holy as I, the Lord thy God, am holy. We are taken by God from our place of sin and separation to a place where we are now forgiven and now we can serve. So God has taken us and set us apart. And he can use us. But we need to set ourselves apart. We need to sanctify ourselves so God has done something special and put us in a place where we can now serve him, right? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. But now it's possible. I love living in the possible. But that doesn't mean it's definite, does it? It's possible. So you and I need to sanctify ourselves unto the Lord, all right? We talked about that very clearly. But again, we're building all this to get to where we are today. We had talked about that... Unfortunately, there are things that can disqualify you and I from serving the Lord. There are things about our own personal walk, okay, that if we are not striving to be the person that God wants us to be, okay, then he's not going to allow us to do the thing he wants us to do, okay? And we had kind of called them character qualities or uh, maybe a better way to put it because sometimes we think of character qualities as my personality i can't change my personality okay i'm a very quiet laid back introverted you know per- no i'm not okay you all know that uh, god doesn't expect me to change my personality he wants to use the personality that he gave me hallelujah okay and that same with you god wants to take you for who you are the moment you were conceived god began to work in your life to create in you the person he would need to use Okay, and there's some people who are like, you want to understand the struggles that I went through in my life. I don't, but God does. And according to his word, in many places, he reminds us that those things were used to shape us to exactly who, you want to, who he wants to, us to be and to use us in the way he wants to use us. Well, pastor, you don't understand. Uh, I, I was really treated crummy as a kid. I was abused. That may be true. And that may be something that uh, a trial that God brought allowed across your life. But now you can minister and relate and reach out to people who have had that happen to them. I can't. Okay, maybe you were, uh, had a terrible struggle with cancer. And you've been through chemotherapy and done the whole nine yards. And you don't understand exactly why that happened in your life. Well, you know what? I've had not, up until this point, had cancer and had chemotherapy and struggled through those kind of issues. I can't 
sympathize. I can empathize. But God has given you that so that if somebody else is struggling in that area, you can tell them, well, let me tell you how God helped me get through. God has developed in us exactly who he wants us to be. We need to now start taking the life that we have and saying, okay, everything that I am, as busted as I am, and we're going to see that in a few minutes, God, I'm going to give my life wholeheartedly to you for you to use. And see, this is contrary to what our minds will tell us because our minds will say, well, we're broken, we're defective, we're useless, so God could never work in my life to make me productive for him. That is so wrong. God has developed us exactly who he wants us to be. He has created us, and he wants to use us. Broken and all. If God's going to use unbroken people, we might as well all go home. Because there's not one of us that's not busted. We're all a mess. We're going we're to talk about that in a few minutes, all right? Um, but please remember, that is, we talked about there are things that disqualify us. Whether they're personal readiness issues, okay? Uh, where, and I like that personal readiness thought where, okay, uh, I'm not, remember what we talked about, I'm not growing the way I should. Or I'm not able to bear burdens of others like I should. I'm not able to stand in the word of God like I should. Those are readiness issues. Um, I'll tell you one thing. With this Ukrainian thing going on, I have urges in my heart to pack up my bags and head to Ukraine and pick up a weapon and, and fight with them for their freedom. I'd love to do that. I really would. There's parts of me like, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, and we hear of other areas and other countries whose soldiers have gone AWOL and have gone to Ukraine to help in the fight. But you know what? As much as that's a desire of my heart, I don't think I'm personally ready to do that. <laughs> okay? Not that I don't have the will, but I haven't exercised i haven't picked up the kind of weapons i would need i haven't focused on training in that area in in quite some time in my life okay personally i wouldn't be ready for that especially you asked me to you know hey you got to run a mile and a half i would die okay i could probably hike 20 but and probably with a good sized rucksack on too but ask me to run a little while i mean personally, I wouldn't be prepared for that. Okay, that's what we're talking about here, is not necessarily sin areas in our lives, but areas in which you and I know that we could use some work. Well, if we know that we need some work, then get to work. And remember, I referenced that song that I heard on the radio that says, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm saved, but I still cuss a little. And I drink a lot. Well, stop. You don't have to just default and say, well, that's just, you know, a part of my life. No, fix it. Okay, if I was going to go be a soldier today, I'd probably have to drop about 60 pounds. Okay, it would, it's just a common thing, right? We know that, so do it. You know, the Bible talks about to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. Now we're talking about why it disqualifies us. Because if you know there's a weak area in your life and you're not doing something about it, spiritually, to him it is sin. 
That's why God says, listen, if you've got these issues, if you're not going to stand in the faith, if you're not going to be in the word, if you're not going to be helping others, if you're not going to be, then grow up and get those things right. Because until you do, you're disqualified. All right, and we talked about the fact that when you're disqualified, don't come near the holy things. Remember that sermon? where We talked about Uzzah, and he reached out to stop the Ark of the Covenant from falling off. God, he was doing everything. This was God's holiest of all piece of furniture. We don't want it to take a tumble into the mud, and Uzzah put his hand out and touched it, but God struck him dead right on the spot. Why? Because you don't mess with God's holiness. If you're not what you should be, you and I are broken, we better be very careful when we approach unto God's holy things. There is not a day that I get up here to share this word that I'm not nervous. You say, Pastor, I don't, you know, you know, I, I couldn't get up there and speak. I'm so nervous. I'm nervous. Okay, maybe not because I haven't gotten in the habit of speaking in front of people. I'm nervous because I am dealing with the most holy word of God. And I don't want to present something that would be contrary to what God wants. It's a scary thought. When we're dealing with something as precious and true as this word and pouring it through a dirty vessel to try to... It's tough. we got to be very careful. we got to be ready. All right, and then we talked about that. So we got to have a reverence. we got to have an honest fear that we're handling it correctly. To tell you the truth, okay? And, and I'm just being silly, but this is me. I'm a boy. What do you want? I actually downloaded on my phone, uh, what is it, 200 and some odd pages of military weaponry and how to use them. You, you laugh at me, but yeah, I uh, turn on the news right now and you see civilians being handed these, you know, what is it, uh, A-74 rocket uh, grenade launchers, you know, and somebody's coaching them how to look through it and what you got to do and where to put and what to do with your hand and what switch to turn on and what end the grenade comes out of. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that sucker. And I thought, man, what a weird world it would be if all of a sudden civilians like you and me are having to be coached through how to use these high-tech weapons to defend ourselves. And so I thought, you wonder if they have anything on the internet on how to pick these things up, how to use them, what buttons to push, what, how to... Because I wouldn't want to point that grenade launcher at the enemy and have the grenade come out the backside... be a big surprise, wouldn't it? If I'm going to use something like that, you know, one of the most dangerous scenarios is not a weapon. It is a weapon in the hand of a person who doesn't know how to use it. Guns don't kill people. People kill people with weapons, okay? Please remember that. That is what we're talking about. When you approach the holiness of God, you better have an honest-to-goodness reverence and respect same thing with this it's a silly kind of illustration but if you're going to pick up a weapon you better know what that weapon does and how to use it if you don't respect it it will hurt you or someone else it's just common sense and then we talked last week about so we had 
personal readiness issues that disqualified us, but then we talked about the fact that there can be sin that disqualifies us. That we are human beings, so we have a sin nature. We are broken. And even though God forgives us, we're still broken. Someday, we just sang the song, right? Jesus is coming again. Marvelous message we bring. Okay, oh, what a wonderful day that will be. But until then, we're broken. We have a sin nature. And because of that, that means you and I can easily sin. I'll emphasize that again. Easily, right? If we are not diligent on a daily basis, how quickly can we tumble off? God says, listen, if you're going to have a life where you're going to be living in that sinfulness, you're disqualified from serving. And that's where we need to pick it up today. Because last week we talked about briefly how to fix it. We're going to talk a little bit more today about how to fix it. So if you're there in Leviticus chapter 22 with me, I want to go, let's just read right from verse 1. Verse 1. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, that they profane not my holy name in those holy things which they have hallowed, in those things which they have hallowed unto me. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever be of all your seed among your generations, that goeth unto the holy things which the children of Israel have hallowed unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. What man soever of the seed of Aaron is a leper or hath a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. Whoso touches anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goeth from him, or whosoever toucheth any creeping thing, whereby he may be unclean, or if a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he hath, the soul which hath touched any such shall be unclean until the even, and not eat of the holy things unless he wash his flesh with water. And when the sun goeth down, he shall be clean, and afterwards he shall eat holy things, but uh, because it is his food. That which dieth of itself, or is torn with a beast, he shall not eat to defile himself therewith. I am the Lord. They that shall therefore keep mine ordinances, lest they bear the uh, bear. Try that again. Lest they bear sin for it and die therefore. If they profane it, I am the Lord, do I, the Lord, do sanctify them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, please uh, be with my mind. Help as we share this truth. Lord, again, it is always an awesome responsibility to open your word and share the things of, of, that you've taught us. And Lord, again, reminding that I am not the teacher. The Holy Spirit is. We will talk about, we will present, we will discuss what your word says. 
But Lord, each one of us depend upon our relationship with you to understand the things that we need to be better at. And Father, those areas that we need to clean up. And so Lord, be with today. Uh, Lord, a lot of folk not able to be with us because of the weather and all the issues that are going on. But Father, I just pray that uh, you give us a blessing from your word today. Father, thank you that you are the Lord that sanctifies us. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, now we're talking about fleshly issues that disqualify us. And we talked, we briefly mentioned last week about the leper. I'm not going to go into it again. I'll go back and listen to last week's tape or the week from, uh, you know, one from several weeks back where we talk about how leprosy in the scripture is a picture of sin. Okay, that it is a deadening of the senses that you don't realize the damage that you are doing to your body. And over time, it will just rot you to the core. Okay, and it's just a lack of feeling where God's word talks about when you and I sin, our conscience can be seared with a hot iron. Okay, that you could be numb to the feeling of the wrong you're doing. Now, while we talk here about the next part is a running issue in the flesh. And again, if you want to go back to chapter 15 and look that up yourself again, uh, God describes that in pretty uh, graphic detail in that chapter about uh, running issues in the flesh. The basic thought behind everything we're going to talk about this morning is who is in control of your life? Is your flesh in control of your life? Or if you, uh, if God is in control of your life. And that's that song, let him have his way with thee. Okay, that is the issue. That is where, what we're talking about. He reminded us, listen, if there's areas you need to grow up, grow up. He said, my holiness is something special. Be careful when you deal with it. I've sanctified you. Now get your flesh cleaned up and I can use you. The problem is, every single morning, you and I, and I can talk about me more than you, because I don't wake up with you every morning, okay? My flesh wants to be in control. This old body wants to be in control. Especially for a person who's a night person, not a morning person, and it's daylight savings time. When I rolled over this morning, that alarm went off, I just basically punched my alarm clock and said, Shut up! My flesh did not necessarily want to get out of that nice warm bed this morning. Okay? And then, of course, on a Sunday morning, it's amazing to me how so many people of us as believers can get up at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 6.30 to go to work, but we can't get out of bed at 8 to go to church. Does it make you laugh? It's funny. It's ironic, isn't it? That all week long we can get up earlier than the sun to get ourselves to work but by golly to get to church where we're going to be plugged into god's family and learn some spiritual stuff to help us get we can't get ourselves out of bed by eight o'clock in the morning you you wonder if your flesh doesn't really want you to get to church hmm Moms with children, Lynn's up there in the nursery, so she's not hearing me. I can tell you one thing, having our three kids, the worst day to get the kids 
together to go do something was Sunday. We can get them out of, out of bed and go to school and do all the things that we're going to do. And yeah, that was a struggle, but the one that was worse than any others was Sunday morning. And for those of you who are sitting in the back, children, don't give your parents extra grief on Sunday. Because it always happens. Sunday is the worst day. Why? Because our flesh doesn't want to be a part of what God's going to be doing in our lives. The Bible says it's at enmity with God. It doesn't want anything spiritual. It wants to be the boss. This old man, don't you tell me what to do. The issue is control, and that's what we're talking about. So it says if you have a running issue in your flesh, something that is there that it should be dealt with and you're not dealing with it. You know what I'm talking about, right? An open wound. So, you know, I watch sports all the time. And, uh, you know, they get pretty aggressive. You know, they're banging into each other, doing all these things, whether it's football, basketball, soccer. You know, it can be pretty intense. You know what stops everything? If you're bleeding. If you've got blood, they take you off the field until the blood. If you've got running issues, it's a big deal. Okay, so the scripture details is not just blood, but if you had, forgive me, pussy, open, oozing, nasty, okay, you needed to separate, you needed to take care of that. That was an issue in your flesh that disqualified you from serving God. But you want a good New Testament verse, a couple of places, go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, and if you're not there with me, I'll read it for you. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Listen to what the Word of God says here in the New Testament to remind us of this spiritual teaching that he's trying to remind us about this running issue. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. God says, you know what? You know what provision is? Anybody know what that is? To provide an opportunity for the flesh. And you know what's funny? How many of you have heard the old phrase, idle mind is the devil's workshop? Right? Or idle hands. You can put a different kind of things in there. Um, God wants to use you and I, but God also talks about that we can make provision for the flesh. We can provide certain time. We can provide certain materials. We can provide certain opportunities. And those of us who struggle with sin know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what? If we were continually keeping our flesh in check, we wouldn't make those times, those opportunities, those whatever it might be. Okay? And you want a very vivid, vivid picture, right? If you're an alcoholic, what don't you have in the house? Alcohol, right? It's just common sense. This is one of those things. Somebody who's gone to AA, the first thing you do is remove all alcohol from the house because you make no provision for that. You don't put an opportunity there. Because you know that one bottle in the cupboard and you just, I'm not going to drink today. Nope, not going to drink today. It's there. It's an opportunity. It's a provision. Well, God says don't make provision for the flesh. 
That's what we're talking about. You've got a running issue. You've got a problem. Deal with it. Don't make provision for it. Take care of it. Also, Romans chapter 7. I want to remind us what the Apostle Paul said about you and I. And This is a reality, and we need to be on top of this, especially in our world today, because... We convince ourselves that we're not so bad. Right? This world tries to convince us that humanity's not that bad. That we're all right. We're doing okay. Romans chapter 7, God says, don't make provision for the flesh. And then Romans chapter 7, verse 18, he said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We have a sin nature, and in this old sin nature, in this body, is nothing good. No good thing. Make not provision for the flesh. Matter of fact, Jeremiah chapter 17. Let me read this for you real quick. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. God says, Blessed, uh, that's verse 7. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, there he goes again, preaching this encouraging message. If we are not in absolute reality land, we're not going to be able to be effective for God. We need to make no provision for this flesh. Why? Because in this flesh dwells no good thing. The heart of us is desperately wicked. That doesn't sound like most of the world, does it? Most of the world tries to tell us how good we are and how wonderful things are. And how Listen, I'm a mess, and so are you. We're broken. We're damaged goods. Uh, Bob, pick on you for a minute. Well, not really picking on you. But recently he's been working with a, uh, a car dealership that gets these cars from an auction house. Right? And you have to show up and they hand you the keys. And you already realize the thing is probably going to be a bit of a clunker because it didn't go off the auction unless there was a f- problem with it, right? Now, I can't even imagine. He's already told me a couple horror stories about it. And I think Charlie used to do this too for a little. You, you jump in that car and you hope, man, that thing's going to make it where you're headed. Because you already in your mind have the reality that this thing is probably not going not working very well or it wouldn't have been auctioned charlie used to tell me about bringing a ready bag with him right tools and stuff you just stash on the side because you never know what moment that thing is going to break down guys do you get it that's you and me if i'm driving an old clunker and thank the lord uh, my wife and i got to the point where in our young marriage you know you buy a sixteen hundred dollar car and put $300 a month into it for three years, and then you buy another $1,600 car, and you put $300 a month into it, then we decided, you know what, we're done, done doing that. If we're going to put $300-something a month into something, let's put $300 into a payment, and I could drive the car and not have to fix it for a couple of years. 
Okay, but we got into the reality that anytime there was a little light that popped on the dashboard, anytime you heard a clunk or felt a wiggle or something, you stopped to figure out what was wrong. You with me? That's you and I, guys. We're busted. So anytime our flesh has a bump or a wiggle or a red light or something that seems like it might be wrong, we ought to pull over and figure out what we need to take care of before we go any further. That's what we're talking about. God has sanctified us, but we need to sanctify ourselves. That's why we talked about leprosy last week again. A leper is never healed from leprosy. They're cleansed. So if you get up the next one morning and notice, hey, there's this little thing on my skin. You know what? You went to the priest to get it checked out. You wanted to make sure it wasn't leprosy coming back. Well, it's the same thing here. You've got a running issue in your flesh. Your flesh is no good. Get it fixed. Well, pastor, I don't want to feel like I'm no good. Tough luck. You know, the thing that's great about it, and I love this, as no good as I am in this flesh, right? Again, I'm not trying to lay heavy, but the Apostle Paul said, I know in this flesh dwelleth no good thing that the heart of man is desperately wicked. You know what's the best part about that whole deal? God still wants to use me. He's taken me and put me in a special place and says, now, son, get yourself ready because I want to do something with you. So you can do one of two things. Just, I'm garbage. God will never use me. Well, you are garbage, but God still wants to use you. Or you can say, Lord, I know I've got these problems. I know I've got these weaknesses. And I'm going to do my best to make sure those things are in check so that you can use me. I know if that red idiot light on the dashboard comes on or some other bell or whistle starts going off, then I've got to check into it because I want to be something that you can use. So God is continually reminding us, check yourself. If you've got a running issue, get it dealt with. Another one here in the scripture, he says, don't be unclean by the dead. Right? We read that. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Who are the dead? In Ephesians chapter 2, God reminds us, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. People who are spiritually dead are unbelievers. God says, don't be dirty with stuff from the undead. Uh, from the undead, listen to me, if I don't come in a zombie movie. From the dead. Okay, great passage for this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. I say, Pastor, that's kind of rude, isn't it? Calling unbelievers dead people. I didn't call them that. God reminds us, if you are, you are dead in your trespasses and sins, unless God quickens you and makes you alive by his son jesus christ ephesians chapter 5 here's the doctrinal thought though behind this verse 11 have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but reprove them doesn't mean that they won't be there just don't have fellowship with them rebuke them but, well, so that means I need to not be... No, 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 just the opposite. There are people out there who need the Lord. They need love. They need mercy. 
They need to see the Lord Jesus Christ in us. See, the problem being is if we all of a sudden look and say, oh, they're an unbeliever and I don't want anything to do with them. Remember what you and I used to be. The only hope for them is so that Jesus Christ would touch their lives. But that doesn't mean we look at the things they're doing and, and have fellowship with it. It says, but rebuke that. Now, we're going to deal with this in another second, but there are too many people who have just letting stuff slide nowadays and not telling people the truth of God's word. That there are behaviors that this world system are trying to say are just fine. And they're not. And we need to be ready to rebuke them. There are issues... I saw a video the other day. There are actually college professors who've written books about the acceptability of adults with pre-adolescent children that those sexual relationships are okay and normal. Adults with children. Pedophilia. And there are college professors that have videos online of them laughing and bragging with each other that this is something that they're working toward. Now, I said that one because I think that makes the hand, hair on our neck stand up straight. We don't need to have fellowship with that. We need to rebuke it. Okay, and hope those people can turn their life around for the Lord. But that's what we're talking about. Don't touch the stuff from the dead people. It's unacceptable. The Word of God is where we need to focus. Well, that's awful closed-minded, is it? Uh, well, no, it's Lord-minded, spiritually-minded. I get my guidance from here, not what some moronic college professor thinks is okay to have sex with kids. As long as we're on a difficult subject, the Lord says here, He talks about a man's seed that comes forth from him. Again, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of this, but the, the whole doctrine, the whole teaching, the whole spiritual concept behind this is there's a problem with man's birth. We are born sinners. Our sin nature is passed down to us from our Father. Okay? Our sin nature is passed down from us from Adam. Okay? We are Adam's seed Okay, all the children born to Adam are cursed, we're corrupt, we're sinners. That's why this issue is important. Um, just a side note, and you may never have thought of this, so the father passes on the sin nature through his seed. Okay, uh, I don't want to get more graphic than that, but do you ever consider why God made it absolutely imperative that Jesus was born of a virgin and did not have an earthly father? Because there was no man's seed passed on to carry out the sin nature. That virgin birth isn't something that's just, oh, you know, God said, well, why don't we just do that? Throughout the entire Bible, man's seed passes on the sin nature. Not woman's seed, man's seed. Christ came into his physical existence as a human without man's seed. 
He did not have a sin nature. Okay? That is so important. But the concept here is you and I are born, what did I say when we were studying this a couple chapters back? We're still born. We're born dead. So, it, again, God is just trying to remind us there's a problem with our flesh. Look, the next section here says, any creeping thing or a man that is unclean who can spread his uncleanness to you. I guess the point that I want to boil down to is that, and here's the thing I told you we'd get to, is there are unclean things in this world. Now, I'm saying that because we're coming into a place in our culture where everything is okay. Now, understand, listen, people get hung up on this all the time. God's, in the Old Testament, says, you know, don't eat lobster, don't eat crab, don't eat shellfish, don't eat this, don't eat that, no pork, no that. Listen, don't wear garments that have this, don't wear, you know, mixes of that, don't touch this animal, don't touch that animal, we'll look at that next week. Okay, that if it's a weasel or an eagle or all these things, you're, they're unclean, don't touch them, you're unclean. Listen, God is not so specific in his spiritual concept that he's trying to say, bacon, no bacon. Hallelujah. What he's trying to remind us is there are things in this world that are unclean. And we need to be judging those things when it comes to our flesh. Listen, there are certain behaviors, and I just named one that's kind of disgusting, about adults and children that are unclean we don't need to accept them. There are relationships being pushed between animals and people. It's unclean. There are sinful behaviors in other areas that are unclean. But we're getting into this world where everything is okay. And you know what? The Bible tells us really clearly that one of the problems is with man, especially in those end times, is every man will do what is right in his own eyes. Go, if you would, to 2 Timothy. Go, if you would, with 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. 
But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs was also, or also was. As we get closer to the end times, people are going to behave whatever way makes them happy. You and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as his priests, need to realize that there are things in this world that are unclean. Stay away from them. Okay? Don't go into where some of these things... And guys, there are churches, and I have to put in air quotes, uh, because we're not videoing this, but uh, for the recording, Christian, I, I use the phrase Christendom often, that are allowing certain things to be acceptable within their church structure that are contrary to God's word. And you think, huh, it's because we're getting to the point where nothing is unclean anymore. And God makes it very clear throughout his Old Testament that this world is full of things that are unclean. Now what's the point? What is the point for leprosy? Check yourself every day, right? What is the point for the fact that we're broken, we're messed up, we got red flashing lights on the dashboard? What does it mean, check yourself every day? This world is full of things that are unclean. Check yourself every day. Because God wants to use you and me. He set us apart for that exact purpose. But if we're dabbling in areas we shouldn't be dabbling in, then we need to be careful. Now, here's the fun part. All that laid on our heads. Oh, boy, thanks, Pastor. God says, wash up. If you're dirty, wash up. Now, I like this, and, and I learned some more, and God convicted my heart a little bit more about this. Um, in Leviticus chapter 22, he says, you're going to be clean until you wash. And Ephesians chapter 5 remind, reminded us that we are the church, his people, are cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. The word of God is that thing that cleans you and I. So I'm going to get personal. You don't have to answer me out loud. Please don't. But i got to get personal to make this real because we just talked about a lot of personal things. We're talking about our own individual flesh. Kind of personal. So here's the question. How often do you wash? No, please don't answer that out loud. I really don't want to know. But that's the question you need to ask yourself. How often do you wash? Okay, is it once a day, every day? You know, you take a shower every day? Every other day? Every third day, every, every fourth day, right, every Saturday night, whether you needed it or not, and Lord forbid you had a big family, you were the eighth kid because you went in the tub after all the eight kids were in there first, okay, how often do you wash? And I guess a better question, a question that coincides with that is, what kind of washing do you do? Again, is it just your hands? Or uh, one of the things, and I really don't know what this means. Somebody can tell me someday, I just need to freshen up. 
in the world does that mean? I don't know what that means. Okay? You just need to go in and, uh, and you know, take a washcloth to your face a little bit. Just, or do you actually get in the shower? And you think, okay, Pastor, this is weird questions you're asking me. Well, let me give you a little concept here. When it comes to God's Word and washing, all of those things are important. All three of them. Now, I told you last week, I'm a fanatical hand washer. I, I, I don't like it. I'll go out, I'll put my, like I said, I'll put my gloves on and go give the chickens food, come in, take my gloves off, and still wash my hands. I had gloves on. Okay, I, I don't like dirty hands. Okay, and when Dan was teaching me to do some more mechanicing on my vehicles, you can't help but have grease in your fingernails. It drives me crazy. My wife will come in, I'll have that little scrubber brush going, <laughs> trying to get that grease out of it. I just, I don't like dirty hands. Okay? Um, maybe you just need to freshen up. Let me put a couple of thoughts out there. The Word of God is what we use to wash up with. And there's different ways we can approach God's Word. Sometimes it might be a daily devotion, right? You have a book that walks you through a devotions regarding a certain subject. Maybe it's our daily bread. Maybe it's something like that. And you're just freshening up. You're just kind of taking a little time to do a little, little washing up in God's Word. Or maybe it's something a little deeper than that. Maybe you, uh, you were outside and you're in the garden and your hands are filthy. And you've got to get to the sink and you've got to grab the, the uh, what, fast orange or some, whatever it is, that orange stuff with the sand in it. And you, you really got to work those hands because they're dirty. You don't need to take a whole shower, but you really got to work on one area because you can get it cleaned up because it's dirty. Have you ever been there? Maybe it's up to your elbows. Okay, maybe you're down in the basement. It's all over the back of your neck. And, or maybe it's just jumping in the shower and make sure you get all the nooks and crannies clean. You understand the Word of God works the same way? And sometimes this is my problem, I'm going to be honest with you, is I like preaching and teaching. God has gifted me in that area. I understand that. But you know what? Sometimes I'll open God's Word and I'll begin to read, and my first thought is, how can I teach this? Which again, I understand that. There's not a problem. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I start focusing on one area and just digging in and washing and cleaning, and I might be digging, scrubbing, washing my hands. But that's no excuse for not taking a shower, is it? And if every day all I did was wash my hands, after a little while, a little while my wife would probably start complaining. Boy, your hands are nice and clean, but you stink. And maybe I just do a daily devotion, pick up a book and get directed to a passage of Scripture, and I read it, and I'm freshening up. I'm looking at maybe one specific area that the author of this devotional wanted me to focus on. And I'm doing a little bit not so deep digging into the nooks and crannies, making sure my hands are perfectly clean. 
working hard at it, but I'm saying, okay, this is an area that you know could be looked at. But still, freshening up isn't a substitute for a good shower, is it? Sometimes you need to just be in the Word of God and read it. Not because you're looking to study hard. Not because you've got a subject matter that you're digging into. Just letting God's Word flow over your entire self. Because, you know, it's amazing to me that... Uh, when that happens in a shower, you might just be cleaning something you didn't realize was dirty. Now, I don't know about you. I'm just going to be silly here for a second. But I can't look at my own back. All right? Seth's over there trying it. I'd probably dislocate my neck trying to do it. I don't know if it's dirty. I don't know if there's something back there they need to work on. But you know what? Generally, if you get in the shower... And just let it pour over you. That all of a sudden those areas you may not even know were dirty. All of a sudden start getting clean. See all three of these areas are very important when it comes to God's word. Yes, we need to dig in. And I love in a church like ours, we like digging into the word of God. But there's a danger in that. If all we're doing is trying to find the next wow passage of scripture. Oh, I... Teach me something new. I've never seen that before. That was awesome. We're breaking it down into the Greek and the Hebrew and, and really digging into these pictures and the history. and That's all good, but sometimes that's too focused on one area. Sometimes you're doing a daily devotion and you're following along with somebody else's idea of what is a good subject to study. But if you and I aren't actually reading through his word and just picking chapters and reading them through, we're missing out on what God might be trying to do in our lives because we're so focused on one area that we need to work hard on or one area that somebody else says is an issue and we're not letting the word of God wash us like we need to. This is why Dan and I and we enjoy preaching verse by verse through the Scripture. Because you know what? I, I don't necessarily like passages of Scripture that talk about man's seed. There's easier passages to talk about. But you know what? If you avoid those things, you're not washing fully. So let me encourage you. I don't know what your reading is like, and I hope you read if all you do is wait till a Sunday morning for Bethel Bible Church to pour a little water over you, you stink. Just like if you only took one shower a week. This is why it's important that you and I are in God's Word every day. Because again, now I hope this is settling in with you and I. We're messed up. We've got a nasty flesh. There are things in this world that will make us unclean. So guess what? Wash up. Get in the shower. Clean your hands. Freshen up. 
I don't know what that means. I still don't know what that means. But clean up. That's what God's word is telling us. If we want to be sanctified unto God, get in his word. Because you're not going to be able to be cleaned without it. That is the only thing in the scripture that tells us will cleanse us and get us ready to be servants. Jesus Christ forgave us of our sins, but he is not actively washing us every day. That is something that we have to do. And the only access to a cleanser that we have is God's word. I better do my devotions because pastor might ask me if I did it. I got to check it on the calendar because if I miss one day, I'm going to go to hell. No. God wants you in the word because it keeps us ready to serve him. Because I just might have something here that's keeping me from doing something. Yesterday, I went to cook some supper for us. And um, I, uh, I had been playing with my dog. Okay, Bodie loves to play. And he and I were scruffing around and doing stuff. And he was slobbering on my hands. Okay, you know, doggy slobber. Okay, it's, it's, it's precious. Okay, but I'm picking up his one toy. And every time I pick it up, you can feel it's gooey. You know, and you're throwing it and it's gooey. So and it, it, he stopped playing about 20 minutes later. My hands at that point were dry. Okay, they didn't feel slimy anymore. They didn't feel weird anymore. They were dry. And I went and I started to get the food out and I just went. And I pulled back and said, I've got doggy slobber on my fingers. I don't even feel it anymore, but the last time I was doing something with these hands had to do with a dog's saliva mouth. So guess what I did? I started cutting up the peppers to start cutting up the... No, I went and washed my hands. Do we see how God is so visual in this? Okay, I could have easily, I was probably going to cook the food, the slobber probably wouldn't have made that much difference in the big picture. But I knew in myself that there was something on these hands that needed to get removed before I started cooking. Do you just understand what we're talking about here with God's word? That every day God wants to use us. He's got a plan for us. He wants to be able to have us serve him. And we ought to go and say, you know what? What were these hands? Am I ready? Or do I got to go wash? Is there something that might be keeping me from doing what God wants me to do? That's all he's talking about. That's what this whole passage is about. He has sanctified us, but sometimes you get a little dirty now and then. Go wash up. Don't pretend that there's not things in the world that'll make you unclean because doggy slobber is not something you want in your supper. Wash it up. That's what God's trying to remind us. So, when you go to God's word, remember there's different ways. You can dig into one thing and say, you know, really, I want to study about God's grace. And I want to dig into verses. I want to learn about prayer. And I want to, that's great. Or I got my daily breads or my devotional, my uh, come before winter where it's a whole winter's worth of devotions. That's good too. But maybe you just need to open the Bible and read and let God speak to you in areas that you may not have considered. God is amazing, and he's designed this life 
with so many vivid pictures to help us understand how he could use us. So, wash up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word.